tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tinfall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to rock. Joining me as always is Xavier Guerrero and our good friend Jay Nice, Johnny Woodard. How are you guys? We we're doing good. We're doing good, man. We got an interesting show for you. Big show today. Big show, very interesting, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy. It's our third episode this week, so we decided to have a little fun and talk to some interesting uh, people. That's right, and number we had, three, number three, guys. Third episode, and we're super excited. And uh, Kamitan, is that right? Yeah, Kamitan. Kamitan uh, believes uh, is uh, a guy who started his own philosophy, uh, his own belief system in space, and it should be fun. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, listen, if you're looking to see me live, please go to samtriplee.com for all my dates. I have dates coming up in San Diego, Dallas. This weekend, I am in Bakersfield. I am at the well. I'm bringing Chris Neff from comedy uh, from the Cash Daddies. And then on the 30th, I am at the wet. I am at the rabbit hole in West Hills. So go check that out. Uh, we're adding shows to San Diego. We're going to be doing a um, Tim Fall Hack comedy night with Eddie Bravo there. Then we'll hopefully, if everything goes according to plan, we're doing two shows in Dallas. We're doing the um, we're doing stand up Tim Fall Hack comedy night, and then we're going to be doing another Swarm Tank because that went so well. So go to samtriplee.com for all of those dates. Yeah, man. Uh, and a lot of great stuff going on at Rockfin is our, as well. Uh, R-O-K-F-I-N.com. If you go to Sam Tripoli, if you go to, if you look in the description, it has all the different shows we ha I have on there. Uh, Zero, Conspiracy Social Club. Uh, what else do we got? Nope. We got Broken Sim, The Greatest of All Time. We got We Don't Smoke the Same. Uh, they're all there, man. Go to, and Tim Fall Hat Premium, all there for $10. You can get almost everybody's stuff, which would cost you, if you did it on um, Patreon, would cost you uh, $35, almost $35. Bucks. And that wouldn't include mine. That I include yours in. Oh, okay. That, would, that would include his. That'd be $35. And you get it all for $10. So go check it out. That's rockfin.com. Check out our t-shirts at tinfoilhattshirts.com. Working on, I got three great shirts coming up. I got to get Zoltan on this other one I want to do. Uh, and yeah, so that's about it. Anything else, guys? Nah. Guys, enjoy this fun, interesting conversation we had. We allow, I like to talk to everybody. And uh, I enjoyed it. All right, guys. So I'm excited. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We had a great time uh, interviewing Cummington. And the biggest thing, we did have internet problems. Surprise, surprise. 
you know, spectrum. Yeah, so some of the video of him is going to be recorded off of, it's for a complicated reason, recorded off of the TV. It looks kind of shitty. Sorry about that. Sorry. You know, we, we got this great studio. We're doing great things. And Spectrum is effing with us. We're hoping AT&T will be in the neighborhood soon so we can get that fiber action. Fiber. Fiber. All right, guys. Enjoy the show. Drink. All right, guys, let's uh, get into this. We have a very interesting uh, episode for you today. You know, we've been doing a lot of political stuff, so we thought we'd like remix it up, get a little bit different for you. And uh, we always like to uh, meet people who have their own views in the world and how they see this wonderful place that we live in. And I'm very excited about this young gentleman. Uh, He is a British philosopher who at 15 years old founded his own philosophy slash belief system. Okay. I'm very excited to have him. Please welcome to the show. Coming, Dan. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and to uh, tell you a little bit about astronism. Astroism, astronism. I'm very excited about this. This is uh, very interesting. You started your own uh, belief system, which is a very interesting term. At 15. At 15. <laughs> what were you doing at 15? Yes, playing my dick. You are probably trying to sneak into the country. Is that what yeah, you're yeah, doing? Yeah. What were you doing, Johnny, at 15? Um, I actually uh, had a, a smoking hot girlfriend at 15. Yeah. Oh, Johnny. Always Real with the girlfriend. Cool. Oh, yeah. Johnny. Always with the girlfriend. <laughs> did it, did now, you... what was I doing? Uh, like baseball. A lot of baseball. Baseball, uh, baseball all the time. Yeah. So this gentleman started his own. For those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, so of course I'm British, uh, and really from, as you just said, from the age of 15, I've been on this sort of journey, really, to understand our place in the universe, really. Um, I've always always been very religious, you could say. I grew up in a very family, but again, didn't really relate to Catholicism very much. I can I still sort of identify with it, but um, it to some ways. But I, I've always loved the stars. I've always loved the astronomical world. And um, from the age of fifteen, I, I I really had this connection to the stars that that no one else around me have. And so that kind of has developed into the development of different beliefs that I have. And of course that has developed into astronism today. Uh, I'm currently doing my PhD uh, at um, a university nearby here in, in the UK on freedom of religion and human rights. So I've sort of moved into another area there, but um, my main sort of interest of course is astronism and it probably always will be. So so you now you you you're saying this is a philosophy? Let's say is it a religion? You say a belief system. What that what exactly does that mean? Well, a belief system is a term we use really, sort of more broader term. It's more you could say politically correct. It's a little bit less. Religions um, obviously got such connotations. Most of them quite bad sometimes. 
so we kind of use the word belief system as, as a sort of all-rounder. It sort of includes religion and philosophy usually. Uh, so I like, that, I like to use that quite a lot because I think astronism is a religion and it is also a philosophy at the same time. It's not just one of those one of those things. Um, but yeah, it is. It does have religious aspects and it does have philosophical aspects. Hopefully today we can explore some of those. I do have um, just a short presentation on it. If if you allow me to go through that, if you wish. It's into you. I do. I, before we get into that, I mean, you can right. go and do whatever you want. I'm excited to hear it, of course. Uh, my question to you is, um, if it, so uh, are you a cult? Are you a cult leader? <laughs> do you rule with the iron fist, right? Do you have a harem of, of uh, enlightened ladies around you? Like, what is this? What What is this? I, I, yeah, okay. Uh, that's probably one of the main, um, probably misconceptions, but at the same time, you know, I, I do sort of think about that quite a lot. You know, is this a cult? I do think about that. Um, no, in the sense that I, I don't really, um, sort of, I have a pe I have people around me, of course, who share my ideas and beliefs and we have philosophical debates with one another and, um, you know, we're very close in how we see the world and things like that. But um, it is not definitely not a cult in the sense of that I'm controlling anyone. Um, I'm just, it's just basically a way for people who are like-minded to sort of engage on these topics that, that aren't discussed in the mainstream, essentially. These are topics that, you know, like salvation in space, things like that. That's not on the mainstream news, so we have to talk about it together. And astronism is just sort of a, um, a formalizing of that, a, a sort of identity, if you will. So we call ourselves astronists. So we have like a, a, an identity together. And, and of course, you know, uh, I'm the main person at the moment who's the sort of face of this. Uh, but there are other people, um, you know, there are other people who are involved and they've been involved longer than me to some degree um, in the sense of, you know, they've been exploring space philosophically for decades. You know, I, I'm, I'm quite new to it in that sense, but I'm, I've just made it into a belief system. I've sort of formalized it. I've made it, you know, into a, an identity like a Christian would be, we are an astronaut. So I think that's what I'm bringing to the table, essentially. Okay, I but like no, that. I like that. Really. <laughs> Do you have any plans of making love to your followers' wives? Because that seems to be, <laughs> at some point, that's what every cult leader does. Okay, so that means you're not a cult. I had to ask a question. Um, so you're 15, and you're like, I sense there's something out there. I have a real yeah. strong intuition about these things and i i understand intuition it's a big part of how i operate and i have i have a yeah. lot of trust in my intuition i go i get these feelings that this is happening i've talked to psychics before i go this is how i play it out in my head i let it play out and psychics go that's what they do uh they play out scenarios in their head they start from a moment with all the information they have and they play, have it play out in their head with the variables all um at 15 years old what got the ball rolling? Like, did you go to your parents? Did you have that cool teacher that was like, I believe in you, bro, and he'd play guitar while you talked about uh, uh, space? Was there anything like that? 
No, it was much more internal. It was much more... Um, I sort of went off into my own world in a way. It was not... I didn't engage with other people uh, with this for quite a few years up until maybe just a couple of years ago. I'm 23 now, so... Um, yeah, only from sort of age 20, really. I've really just started to talk about these types of things. Um, but no, I went very sort of introspective. I, I went very internal to myself and, and started to really, it, it's kind of like a, a similar story to other people. I just didn't find a connection to other religions. I just didn't, I, I do believe in philosophy and religion in the sense of, I think people need something to believe in. They need a system to associate themselves with. Most people do anyway. Um, and I'm one of those people, and I just didn't feel like any other religion really suited me. Um, and that's re really where it came from. And then as time went on, I began to start writing my ideas down. And then when I started to do that, that's when things really started to um, go crazy. <laughs> Where, you know, I, I could write sort of thousands of words per day. And I just sort of went into this really deep, in a way, like a rabbit hole, you know, and just sort of um, went into my own world, really. And, uh kind of block myself off from the rest of the world in, in the sense of, you know, I, I had quite a few friends before doing this and I had quite a, a, you know, like a normal teenage life and then really kind of just sort of blocked that all out to try and focus on what this astronism is. I didn't know what it was. I, you know, I didn't, I'd thought of this word, but I didn't know what astronism was back then sort of six years ago or so, you know? And so I don't know. I just, it just felt very natural. It just felt very normal for me to do that. I don't know. I, I don't, I really, I'm still trying to figure it out myself. To be honest. I love it. <laughs> um, but by the end of that, by the end of that sort of, uh, sort of six years, really, I created the book called the Omnidoxy, which is sort of the main book of astronism at the moment. I am writing another one right now, uh, but that's the main one that's out there. And, um, that's just, I mean, even when I read it, I think, did I even write this? You know, I, I, I even when sometimes when I read it, you know, I, I just think, God, this is just crazy. Some of the stuff in here that I'm <laughs> writing about, it doesn't even, honestly, honestly, it really is like that. And some of the words that I use, I, I honestly, that's, I was on a, on, on a podcast last week and, and I just had to once answer honestly and just say, I really don't know where this has all come from, honestly. <laughs> and, and of course, you know, uh, my family have been around me during this time, of course. Um, they're interested in it to some degree, but people think I'm a little bit weird, you know. Um, I think that's why I've gravitated to these people who, um, these other philosophers who, who also think in a similar way to me just to get that kind of connection with them. Do you know what I mean? Cause the everyday person isn't thinking about yes. um, the future, what's going to happen in a thousand years to humanity in space. You know, they're not thinking about that. So I had, I sort of naturally gravitated towards these other people 
and we now have started to call ourselves astronauts. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of strange story. <laughs> no, I'm I'm a, you're in the right place for strange stories. We're all about that action. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're talking about. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about our new sponsor, TebowBodyWear.com. That's Tebow Underwear. That's right. Go to TebowBodyWear.com. Use the promo code TINFOIL, okay? Their underwear is awesome. I have it on right now. That's how much I love it, okay? Their underwear was developed and tested by 400,000 men, okay? Tebow Underwear is developed by a community of customers to improve previous versions and develop new versions that are through their online platform okay tebow underwear is extremely soft and trust me it is comfortable well cut for the most flattering look yeah man your junk is gonna look power huge and we could all use that here my proud six inches never look better this is because so many customers gave their opinion to make them better than ever okay tebow on Tebow is a leader in community-led production of their men's underwear, and they're leading the movement to have this as the future of all clothing production, okay? Tebow is pronounced Tebow, just like Jason Tebow, okay? If you love Jason Tebow, you're going to love this underwear, okay? Tebow underwear offers a superior cut bamboo material that is softer and more durable than your average underwear. Uh, additionally, a cool fact, bamboo uses 20 times less water and cotton fabric, which makes it contributes to sustaining the environment, okay? Dude, a lot of great stuff. So here's what Tebow's offering, okay? Get 20% off your next purchase at tebowbodywear.com. That's T-B-O-bodywear.com and use the promo code TIN. Foil, okay, that's T-Bow, T-B-O, bodywear.com, promo code TINFOIL. Um, it's very interesting. Your parents are, uh, uh, they're okay with it. Um, they're, like when you go to social well, functions, are they like, well, this is my prophet son. He's, he's, just, <laughs> he's in the space. <laughs> he loves I don't it. really they know what to say really honestly um i think people again they're interested in it and i think i think they look at it in their own time but they don't talk to me about it because right. they, they mention words that i've that i've written and i just they sort of mentioned in conversations and i think well how have you how have you come across that so they must be reading things in their own time you know uh but I don't think my grandmother would have approved of it because she was a strict Roman Catholic and, um, but she had a very influential, um, role in my life bringing up. I w we were very, very deep Catholic, you know, we Latin mass, um, every week. Um, she was, I wouldn't say it was like a cult, but it was, borderline it was going towards that you know so i've been in that kind of, kind of environment before i've been in i've been in the environment where questions can't be asked i've been in that environment and it's not what i believe in i don't believe that um questions shouldn't be asked i i believe that always questions should be asked i agree um, so i think that is also a big thing a big uh, reason why I wanted to found my own belief system because again, I was just really dissatisfied with, with what other belief systems were 
teaching and preaching really. So that's the crux of it, I suppose. I, I, and I love that. Now, uh, you, you obviously were talking about talking to people who uh, thinks similar to you, you know, oh, you're yeah. vibing with your tribe. How, yeah. how many, um, I, I don't want to say followers, but how many people are participate in your beliefs? Well, it's a very difficult question to answer, actually. Um, we can really, it's, you can look at it in a very broad way. So astronism's worldview is what we call cosmocentrism. Essentially, that just means that you, if you believe in cosmocentrism, then you just, you have a focus on outer space, essentially, that your beliefs, what you believe about life, the world, human history, it revolves around outer space. And that's what where you believe the future is going to go. So in that sense, the number of astronauts increased dramatically. Um, I would say the very core, core amount of astronauts who are really involved on a day-to-day -day basis is probably just a few thousand at this stage, uh, which I still think is quite good, really. Uh, those are people who are actually philosophers, who are classed as philosophers or people who are contributing to astronism, people who've emailed me with, with ideas about what they think about astronism, um, you know, or maybe even more than that, maybe more than just a few thousand, because I've been doing this quite, you know, I've been doing this for eight years. So, you know, people have come and gone. Sometimes I hear from one person and they never hear from them again, you know, but um, I, I think there's probably millions of people in the world, definitely, who who think in this similar way, who, who really believe in outer space as, um, you know, holding the ability to um, get humanity to a higher condition, you could say. You know, I, I think there's probably a lot of people who, who believe that. They've just not tied that to a belief system yet. They've just not associated that with their identity, if you know what I mean. Okay. I'm interested. So let's let's get into it. You, have, you say you have a presentation. We'd love to hear your presentation. Yeah, and, um, you know, if you have questions, just stop me and I'll um, answer anything that you wish. Can you see that? Yes, we can. We really like it. Well, it looks it good. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so this is just really a short introduction. Uh, I've just I've I've got my own little show that I do called The Conversation with Comitan, and I've just done um, a sort of different series, really, of uh, lectures. And some of them are sort of six hours long. So that tells you how, how much is part of astronomism. This is just, you know, a few slides, really, uh, in All comparison. Right. All right. You know, it's just a short intro. Yeah. Um, really, to get us just into it, this a little bit, the main thing that I've talked about so far is what we call astronality. So this is really any type of emotion that is felt in relation to the astronomical world. When I use the word astronomical world, I just mean outer space, but also um, space exploration activities, aliens maybe. Um, we can talk about the role of aliens in it later on, but essentially where I've sort of associated this word with was my feelings when I looked up at the night sky, essentially. And I thought, 
lots of other people seem to have this type of experience. You know, I think everyone just about has looked up in the night sky and sort of had these emotions of happiness or maybe even fear, definitely hope, wonder. I classify all of these as part of this is what we call astronality. Okay. And this is at the basis of really all of astronism. If astronality didn't exist, then astronism wouldn't exist. So, um, so really, real quick, yeah, what does space represent? Does space represent, um, let's say, you know, in, in let's say Christianity, heaven is the kingdom of of you know, there's a kingdom of heaven. What what yeah. does space represent? Is it just vast and empty, and that's what you believe in, or do you believe that space, like the Earth's, a, a very special place, and and space has a role in that, in in the relationship to Earth and our relationship with space. What what is the relationship to that? Uh, so we believe that. Well, first of all, we believe that humanity is not alone. So we believe that definitely there are is other life on other systems in the in the galaxy in the universe. So that's number one. Number two, we believe essentially that outer space, yes, is a vast. Uh, not endless, not endless, limited, um, but is essentially the place where we're going to find the answers, essentially, that we can't find the answers to the universe here. And I think that kind of makes sense in the sense of, you know, if we only look at, if, if we're just looking at the Earth to try and answer our questions, um, you know, the we're only going to have a very narrow understanding of, of existence, aren't we? So... What we're trying to encourage people to do is to focus on outer space as this place really where the knowledge that we could potentially gain from exploring outer space, from engaging with it in a spiritual way or in an emotional way or in a, in a physical way, if you're actually going to go up into space, is really endless, essentially. Um, so that's how we see space. We see space as the um, place where we're going to receive. We use the word transcension. That's the, you'll see that coming up in a little bit. Um, but it, it basically means salvation. It basically means that space is going to be the place where we realize who we are, where we actually fulfill uh, why we're here. You know. So that that's why. Uh, space is such an important um, environment for us, you know, and there are different schools of thought within astronism. Some believe that space is just a natural thing, that there's no spiritual aspects to space, where there's other schools of thought that, that believe, yeah, that space is definitely part of this spiritual um, existence, that it definitely plays a role. And I, I do believe that. I believe that, that after death that space is definitely involved. If there is a spiritual aspect to death, then yeah, space is definitely involved in that. Uh, I don't, I think it's, um, I don't know. I just, I just don't think it's um, rational to say that even if, if you're going to presume that spirits exist and, and things like that, I don't think it's rational to say that, Oh, space is no, not involved at all. Of course it's involved. It, it's, I think that's where the concept of heaven came from. Probably is is this I is definitely this um, looking up at the stars. But 
Um, hopefully that answered your question. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it is. Hey guys, uh, like, are you like me? Are you are you looking for a fun business podcast? But all you keep finding are dry, boring hosts, right? If you like me, you appreciate your news with a side of comedy. And when I was looking for a business podcast that was actually funny, I couldn't find a solution until I listened to Dave and Brad the host of IP frequently and found exactly what I was looking for. Solid business advice, 80s music, headline news. These guys get it. They are the Miami Vice of podcasting. Okay? Good looking, successful, solving crimes with cool ass music. Okay? IP frequently. Imagine two guys. Let's call them Dave and Brad. And they blend business advice, 80s music, headline news, all into one podcast called IP Frequently. IP Frequently is, isn't just a sign of chronic condition. It is a real podcast hosted by our friends Dave and Brad that blends business advice, 80s music, and headline news all together. So please do this. So check them out. Subscribe to IP Frequently and stay up to date on their weekly streams and episodes wherever you Get podcast. That's right. I P frequently. Howard's boy. What is space to you? Meaning, what does it represent? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Does it? Re is it like something that we go there to learn how to be better here? Does it have the answers? Are there entities in space that will teach us how to be better? Uh, uh, uh better beings. Yes, that's my belief, and I, 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 I think we'll. I think part of humanity will definitely stay on the Earth, but I think that outer space, expand humanity expanding into outer space, becoming a multi-planetary and then multi-system species, eventually will 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 become. We will evolve into a different species. Essentially, we will because of these different environments that we'll move to. We won't look the same. We won't act the same. Uh, I just see it as our natural progression, really. And, and for, for me, space represents the future. I, I don't see any other uh, future that doesn't involve space unless, and we're going to get into more deeper interestionism, unless we stay on the Earth. And for me, if that is the case, then eventually I think that we'll, we'll, just, we'll just devolve into um sort of a lesser species and then just go extinct just like every other species has to be honest that's happened to to every other millions of species uh i don't think we're exempt from from that happening to us um you know it's definitely possible that a comet strike could come and destroy us just like it did the dinosaurs there's nothing to say that that won't happen so um we've got two choices then haven't we essentially either we stay here or we don't stay here. And I'm going with the one where we don't stay here and where we go out into outer space and, and explore these other worlds. And I don't want to make it sound romantic. It is romantic. It is poetic, but it's also going to be the hardest endeavor that we'll ever undertake. And obviously we see that now with, with, um, Elon Musk, obviously, and all his work, and and even just the NASA rockets that have that have crashed and people that have died. It's 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 not going to be without casualties. This endeavor, 
and and I think that's something that you also need to to bear in mind. But I think it's uh, to bring in the concept of destiny. Yeah, I think it's I think it's our destiny to, to as expand a, into our space. As a young man, were you influenced by sci-fi? Was there a part of Star Definitely, Wars yeah. and Star Trek that connected with you? Definitely, yes. Yeah. Star Wars. I grew up with Star Wars. The 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 yeah, you know, all the films and also the newer ones as well. And um, yeah, that that sort of anyway, those films are cosmocentric. If you want to use that word again, they are focusing on outer space. They are they are beyond this world. They are. I don't know. They're just they're just not um, focused on one planet, are they? They're, they're exploring different worlds and gaining knowledge as they go on. But also, the they're, they're very religious in many ways. You know, Star Wars is very much about religion. Um, there's there's huge religious undertones and philosophical undertones. It's it's a very deep um, movie franchise in that sense. So, yeah, um, of course sci-fi has influenced me definitely interesting so yeah. uh what you know there's a lot of i i think you know where we are is very unique and yes. space is like are, are you concerned that a lot of your beliefs are based on um theories and that's very hard for for you to actually experience space to know that okay i am on the right path because a lot of it and dude and listen all are welcome here i'm here to just understand where you're coming from so i'm i'm here to uh to to help the listeners understand you more i i'm here to help you shine so i'm not trying to be disrespectful anyway but you know like for me like i practice a couple things in my life it's very simple i practice you know law of attraction law of abundance and love thy neighbor and these little things i do have helped me and i see it, it, it in real time how i if when i help somebody my life feels better and, that, and that's a philosophy not a more of a religion but it, it is having a view of what space is and what it represents is is it does it concern you at all that a lot of it is based on theory and not so much actual, uh, you know, interaction with deep space? Definitely, yeah. Um, I think that there's really two sides here. There is the side that I'm going to speak about a little bit okay. later on, which is what we call the astronic tradition, which is that I'm not the first person to have experienced astronality. Uh, I found that out very, very quickly that there is a very long lineage of this and it's very much intertwined with our human history more than I've ever thought. And, but, but, and also there is, yeah, so I, I've experienced, of course, observing the astronomical world. That's all I can do right now. Um, and then also, yeah, there's this other side where, you know, astronauts get to go up into outer space uh, I know that I won't ever be able to uh, explore the Milky Way because, you know, I'm not going to live long enough to do that. So I've accepted that. But what I'm trying to do is just to contribute to something that maybe might still be around when that is happening. Maybe if it lasts that long, if astronism does last that long or if my ideas 
do last that long. So, yeah, there is that that reality where, you know, I have to accept that um, parts of astronism, yeah, are based on this promise, really. And I think that is the religious side of it coming in a little bit. It is a promise. It's a promise that... Um, the outer space, these are the worlds, that humanity seeing these are the worlds in the flesh um, will change us as a species, will elevate us to levels that we can't understand yet, to conditions that we can't fathom yet. That's the promise. And that's what astronism, that's really what is at the basis of astronism. So really, to answer your question, I think astronism had to be created here in a way to have that naivety in, in the sense. Um, and really important aspect of astronism is that it will continue to change. So astronism is not like Christianity in the sense of, you know, those beliefs are set in stone and they're not going to change or the importance of those beliefs won't change. No, even in the last eight years or even in the last year, for example, um, some of the beliefs in astronism have moved in, in terms of how important they are to the central concept of what astronism is. So in a hundred years time, maybe when we've made more exploration into outer space, new people will come along to contribute to this. I'm hoping, um, you know, I'm hoping that as people go into space more, uh, that they will experience what um, um, one author said was the overview effects, uh, which is what astronaut, astronauts have felt when they've gone up into outer space and they've looked at the earth They've actually been in outer space. They, they sort of have a, a shift in their understanding of, of the universe and their perception of it. Um, so as, as people do that more, hopefully astronist philosophy and astronist religion will grow, grow even more. And, and maybe some of the things I'm talking about will become um, irrelevant because we will have overcome those bound. We will, over, we will have overcome those obstacles. You know, when humanity is in another solar system or a spread to other galaxies, for example, they won't be needing what I'm saying right now because they'll already have done that. They, there'll be new people coming along, hopefully to, you know, uh, contribute to getting humanity to a higher level. I'm just trying to do it for right now. So yeah, there is that, um, reality that I have to accept. And I think I've, I think I've accepted it as much as I can. <laughs> right. So do you see, like uh, many people see earth as a living entity and itself, its own God. Do you see space as a uh, uh, one giant entity? Uh, is it one living thing that we are a part of? Is it a spiritual entity? Uh, yes, I do think that. I think that it is, I think it's definitely alive in the sense that it's, it's, it's got a system and it's got a definite order to it and that it's not just coincidental that, that it, it functions in that way. Um, so yes, I do think that. And I do, we call it the cosmos essentially, uh, that when we're talking about it in those terms, when we're talking about outer space in the terms of, you know, it's animated, it's it's alive. It's it's um, you can connect with it. It's a spiritual entity. We we refer to it as the cosmos. 
because that means order and function and um, in some ways design as well. Um, that, it, that this has sort of been designed in this way to function as it does. But but yeah, um, to some degree, yeah. Not all astronists would believe that. I do have to say that you know there are uh, a spectrum of beliefs within astronism. At this side, you've got naturalism, and then at the other side, you've got more of a spiritual understanding uh, of astronism. So I suppose the, the most important thing to say is that astronism isn't just... It are some core beliefs, of course, but it, it, it is a spectrum. It is a spectrum of beliefs uh, that can really encompass quite a lot, really. Uh, you can see the world in a spiritual way and still be an astronist, and you can be an atheist and really see the world in only a very naturalistic way and also still be an astronist. Interesting. Interesting. Where in astroism does astronism does uh multiple dimensional beings fall in or do you believe in multiple dimensions and and yes. those those entities from different places yes yeah, so we have like a developed cosmology like in other philosophies and religions so we um uh you know we see the world in the universe in a very specific way uh, and yeah, we do believe that there are other cosmoses that exist. Other, they're, they're distinct from this cosmos. We we call them cosmoses rather than dimensions. But yeah, we do believe in different cosmoses that that have evolved differently. That that may be totally, entirely different in terms of the matter, the way that matter is materialized in those dimensions or cosmoses. But yeah, we do believe in that. Um, but ultimately, we, we we see this we see this reality here as limited, and you know all you have to do is just look in at yourself or look at around you to see that everything around us is limited. That there is nothing really um, that is immortal or that is um, finite. And I think that's the difference between what a cosmos and what the universe is. I think that there's something beyond the cosmos that we call the universe that is much bigger and it's well it's infinite and it's very very different from um the cosmos for that reason but that's like going into another area of astronism <laughs> okay so what we want to do is uh finish your presentation because due to our yeah. setup this t uh <laughs> it's, it's my fault that's my fault uh due to the setup we can only see your, your right now we can only see your presentation. So let's get through the presentation so we can see your okay. wonderful face. So go on. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so we've got this here about astronality, the sort of this emotional connection to everything cosmic. Um, the psychologist William E. Kelly has done quite a lot of work on um, astronality and how He's done empirical studies, essentially, you know, this idea that astronality um, increases people's ability to imagine and, and um, increases people's motivation in some ways. Uh, so he, he's done some really good work and I'm continuing to sort of follow in his, in his footsteps, hopefully. Um, but as I said before, I'm not the first person to have experienced this. And when I began to explore I sort of became an archaeologist for a summer 
last last year and um, started to look into sort of the prehistoric origins of religion, started to look at um, cave art and uh, rock engravings. And I saw the of it is actually astronomical and that there are star patterns and um, depictions of the sun and the moon and all these types of things. And I've got some uh, specimens to show you in a second, but what I related these to was sort of a, a tradition of religion. So if you're aware of uh, the Abrahamic, the Dharmic and the Tawic religions, um, what I want to do is try and establish a fourth one called the Astronic Religious Tradition. So really trying to distinguish really astronomical religion from all other types of religion. That's what essentially I'm trying to do. And I see this as really being the oldest religious tradition. And this is a lot of the work that I do now is, is exploring this more, adding more specimen to uh, the, um, the collection that I've got, got together. Uh, here are just some, hopefully you can see these on the screen now, um, just some astronomical um, rock art, engravings, all these different types of things. Um, most of these are from prehistory. There might be a couple in there that from ancient times. I think the limestone work one on the right-hand side, that's more of an ancient uh, um, specimen there. But, you know, all of these really presented me with this sort of evidence, really, that, that there has definitely existed a religious here, beliefs about the stars, emotional connections to the stars uh, since prehistoric times for different reasons. You know, people will have looked up at the stars and uh, for navigation purposes, for agriculture, um, for us, but they're still looking up at the stars and, and feeling something and, 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 and relating to that, to what they believe. So, um, let me ask you something does uh does astrology fit into your beliefs that's interesting um we see astrology as a cousin so we kind of like a cousin religion or a cousin belief system uh it's not part of astronism but it's definitely part of the astronic tradition so we see it as developed out of uh, the original term or the, the term for astrology is actually astromancy, which was, uh, relates to a more prehistoric form of astrology before developed and the zodiac developed and things like that. So, yeah, it definitely belongs to that tradition of religion that I was talking to you about just then. And, yeah, in astronism, we see it as like a cousin. Uh, so there's not much divination in astronism honest there's not much astrology work that goes on because we've got other beliefs and other um priorities uh but yeah it's definitely there and um you know they're interesting people and i like to talk to them <laughs> quite a bit we share you know uh, some ideas and beliefs not all but yeah they're definitely part of our family of uh beliefs the chicks are hot <laughs> A little crazy. So how, how does one join uh, your religion or like... Hold on, let him get through his thing okay, and then yeah, we'll okay, ask yeah, that yeah. question. So keep going with your present presentation and then we'll, that'll be the first question. Uh, right. So I'll try and get through this as quickly as I can. So uh, we're coming now really into, into the foundation of astronism, which is essentially that 
outer space really is the existential source of humanity, that it's really where we've gained a lot of our knowledge about who we are, why we're here, and really what astronism is trying to promote is this idea that we do go up into the into outer space, that we will become higher beings, That essentially, that we will reach conditions that we can't reach if we stay here. That's essentially the point. And we relate to this to the concept of salvation, which is obviously a Christian idea. Um, but we don't really engage it in the sense of, a moral dimension there is sort of an ethics to astronism but it's not centered on that I'm, n- I'm not trying to purify the world in terms of moral morality but more just as just as a sort of existential salvation if you will um and what we call this is transcension so this is kind of like an, a form of ascension so going up into the into outer space but also in your mind so Yes, it's great that Elon Musk is going up into space physically, but what I'm trying to say is that there's no point of us doing that if we're not going into space in our minds also, that we need to go up into space with the right attitude and with the right reasons and for, in a way, a kind of trying to better ourselves kind of reason. Uh, And obviously politics gets entwined with that and so things become a little bit messy but uh what i'm trying to promote is a more pure reason for going into outer space and this is what we call uh transcension this is a diagram that i created recently um this is probably as complicated as astronism gets right now this diagram um obviously i don't really have time to go through all of it because i'd be here for hours but um this is essentially how astronism sees that we're going to get to um this higher condition that i'm talking about this how we, how we're going to go about this essentially and what we have to do where we are right now um i've included some keywords there for you to take a look at uh, hopefully people can see this and can sort of zoom in. Yes, to look yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and um, so again, I can't can, can you right give us now, some of the real quick, can you give us some of the PowerPoints? The be- can you give us the PowerPoint presentation yeah. of this, uh, what this slide you have right here? Like the, 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 the most important parts. Like even Most some of the keywords or the keywords, basically. Yeah. Yeah. The, the most important parts are the first section there at the bottom, which kind of like juts out to the left. Basically what that's saying is that since prehistoric times, um, you know, we've had other religions that have focused on humanity, essentially, that we've made humanity God, that we've God became man, that type of idea. Uh, and that what we're trying to promote instead is looking at, Uh, the astronomical world as the focus. So that's essentially the first part. So astronism has been created to try and get humanity back on this path, essentially. That that originally we were on the path to going up to the stars and we sort of saw the stars as the most important thing. That was sort of um, destroyed and we have to get back on this path. So that's the first section there. In the middle there called Twilight Tide, that's essentially the decision that we have. Uh, either we're going up into the stars or going up into the stars. The not going to the stars is the red section. 
and then the the uh, purpley section, and then going into the gold at the top is the going up to the stars. Um, potentially. Oh yeah, this is the most robotic part right there. Is it okay, Johnny? Is he there? Hello? You still with us? No. Oh, that's. Oh, oh that I, cool. even okay. though I do enjoy the sound effect. Do you want to try to? Oh, that's tremendous. Call back. I feel like this is like this you, is from outer space. This is fucking. Uh, some you, Elon Musk shit. You sound like you're on like the far side of the sun trying to communicate with yeah, Earth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Should we call him back, dude? Uh, yeah, let's let's just uh, <laughs> let's just take a quick yeah pop out maybe of the meeting and I'll just let you back in. Yeah, let's see how that goes. All right, so after technical difficulties, after the 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 Tech powers awards. that be, the lizard people refusing to allow us to hear about space, we're back in it. And uh, let's finish up this. So you got this diagram of what's going to happen. Either we go to space and we ascend or we stay here and just become fucktards. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. That's okay. essentially what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Basically, so. we have two choices. <laughs> we have toys. Okay. So I respect that. I respect that. Next slide. Because we gotta get this done. Because who knows that's when? That's just another version of it. This is more. Uh, that's that's just another version. More. Uh, I won't go through it because again, it's just, it's, we won't have time to talk. But again, if people just want to pause it and then just use the keywords to to try and understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay. Um, so portalism. What is portalism? Essentially, what it is is that outer space is filled with a lot of really insights, knowledge, um, just ways of becoming higher beings, higher individuals, higher species. So what portalism is trying to say is that, you know, you can achieve these things and in the future, um, maybe not us right now, but definitely people in the future will be able to do that and, uh, they'll be able to gain knowledge from maybe other beings, maybe the other planets. Um, and of course, we can, to some degree, uh, experience these things, but it's a very limited way because obviously we can only observe outer space. We can't actually go into uh, outer space. Um, scope is basically just about opportunity. It's It's saying... Either we have this opportunity to go into outer space, or we don't. We don't take this opportunity to go into outer space. That is that is essentially what um, scope is trying to say. And also, the word stellancy there on the second paragraph uh, is just saying that it, it's basically trying to promote this idea that becoming proximate to the astronomical world, becoming close to it uh, in many different ways—spiritual, physical, uh, intellectual—will uh, lead to us getting to this higher condition. Um, I don't know how much time we've got left, but the, these it's essentially what what the Astro system is is a vehicle. It's it's a forum to discuss these ideas, and that's what I do with uh, the people that I know and who who are involved with astronism. We discuss the, these ideas. We discuss whether they're right or not. Uh, and we debate about it. So I'm 
I'm always happy to take questions and to receive criticism to make astronism better in the future, hopefully. Okay. Um, All right. He is just a quick overview of what astronism is. Uh, I'm not going to read all that out, but people can do, they can pause it, obviously, can't they? And they can just take a look at, at that. But give me the quick PowerPoint for this. Is that it's that there's a problem here that that we are either that we're we're kind of stuck here for now, uh, and we have been since um, you know history began. And what astronism is saying is that the next phase, really, of our uh, evolution, of our um, journey, our story, really, is to go into outer space. And what astronism is trying to be is the solution to that. So it's trying to answer why we need to do that as individuals, but also as a collective humanity. And also how do we go about that? How do we actually achieve this, these higher conditions, this salvation through space that astronism is, is promising and talking about astronist system is trying to provide a solution to that essentially. Okay. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, my question to you is because we do have a short amount of time here, but um, yeah, of course. Does, does a lot of your stuff is based, a lot of your beliefs is based on the notion of uh, what we've been told space is through, uh, yeah. let's say, something like NASA, right? NASA. Okay. So, yeah. okay. So here we, uh, okay. So let's get into this part that you had up here and then I'm going to get in. Okay. No, let me finish that thought. So NASA, NASA has a dark history uh, with yeah. things such as Nazism and stuff like that. Does that concern you? Uh, no, not really, because the things that I'm talking about are prehistoric. So these are before politics even existed. So some of the, um, you know, this idea that we have a connection to the outer space, that we that the stars are um, connected to us in, in many different ways, uh, whether that be spiritual or whether that just be literally physically uh, how we exist here and how we've come about as a species. Uh, and that pre-exists NASA. And, and obviously there was astronomers who existed before that who've documented... Uh, all types of astronomical phenomena since since writing was possible. Some of the first writings were about outer space, of course, and, and of course, some of those specimens that I showed you before, they were some of the first artworks. They were about outer space. And, and um, so essentially what I'm trying to say is, is that, yes, political things in the present time are concerning for me, but they're not, in con they're not concerning for me in the sense that you know, they will undermine astronism or that um, that space is not real or something. Um, I know that everything that has been observed in space is as it is. It is not. I think when we try and muddy the waters as to uh, is space real, um, you can do that, but it's just, um, it's not very helpful and it's kind of something that other religions do it's it's a way of saying things aren't as as they seem you know in the sense that society kind of does that sometimes where it, it sort of it, it says that um you know 
things look a certain way, but they're actually not that way. Whereas astronism is much more literal. It's much more, well, we can see that the outer space looks this way and that's how it actually exists. Um, so it's, it's a little bit different in that sense, but uh, no, I don't, I'm not worried about NASA or anything like that. No. <laughs> okay. So when you say space is space and the universe, two different things. And when I talk uh, the universe, I mean, in a, the way spiritual philosophies talk about the universe as an energy that connects all of us, or are you talking about literal space? I'm talking about literal space. Yeah, I'm talking about literal space. Yeah, I'm not. Um, there is a tradition within astronism that's developing that infuses those types of ideas into it, sort of a more spiritual, energy-based type of ideas. And they're interesting, but majority of the time when I'm talking, I'm talking about literal outer space. Uh, I'm not talking about a sort of other spiritual dimension. I'm not talking about, um, you know, that, that there are sort of spiritual beings in space and more talk about literal space, literal galaxies and other um, species on other planets, essentially. That's okay. what, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. So let me ask you something. How does astronism help me in my life today? How do I apply it to, uh, I'm really depressed. I can't get out of my own way. I'm going to, I want to be, be a better person and change my life for me and my family. I think it comes really from a very different perspective, taking a different perspective on things, a more existential perspective. It come, I think a lot of problems that we have in today's society are based on really not being able to see the bigger picture, not sort of thinking that your problems are the biggest problems and that, um, that they are sort of world ending problems. I think a lot of issues do come from that. And I've had problems like everyone else does. And one thing I've found very helpful for me to do is, and I know this sounds great, just to literally just look up at the stars essentially and actually just say to yourself, the world will continue. The stars will still move and turn whether this thing works out or not. Um, and I'm not trying to reduce the problems in that sense, but I'm trying to put them into perspective. So in that sense, it has a grounding. That's what I'm trying to give people a grounding in the sense of knowing how small you are, essentially, really accepting that, not just knowing it, but accepting how small you are as an individual in this cosmos. And, but also at the same time, there are other definite practices. Um, just going stargazing for a weekend is a great way to connect with the astronomical world. It's, I do it often with friends and things, you know. Um, it's a great way to relax, to get away from those problems. You know, we can look up at the stars and it's a very, it's a very, um, it's obviously silent. It, it, there's so much noise in the world. There's too much noise in the world. What I'm trying to promote as well is getting away from that noise. And one way to do it is to go to a, a dark site somewhere and just sit under the stars, essentially. And I know that kind of, I don't know, some people might take that as, 
you know, um, counterproductive maybe, or, you know, you're not really solving your problems. You're just, you're just sort of prolonging them or delaying them. But I think when you approach something in that way, I think you're better at dealing with those problems and it has helped me and it's helped other people that I know as well. Um, do you own a lot of telescopes? I do. <laughs> so you're always looking at not, the stars? Not, massive and... one. not, not uh, Some of them can be millions of pounds, but I'm, no, I've not got a million pound one, but uh, I've, got a, I've got, a, got a few, yeah, a few different uh, telescopes. So the, all these people that think like there's an inner earth that's pretty amazing, that there's different forms of uh, um, aliens on the planet, you know, the, the, the leader of NASA, the guy who created NASA has a uh, biblical psalm. Is that what it's called? A psalm, a psalm, a palm, a psalm uh, on psalm. His, his gravestone that talks about the firmament. Which is uh, basically a dome uh, from between heaven and earth. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I tend not. To, I, I was saying this to to someone else because uh, someone was else last week was asking me about different conspiracy theories and and things like that. I tend not to get involved with those just because I don't want another label attached to me um i've already got too many um you know cult leader, this type of stuff i've got too much already so just you know i i like to engage in those things so i look at ufo sightings and and i do i have um i've spoken to people who who've you know who believe in that they've you know experienced those types of things um but i tend not to get involved with them in that way because it's just <laughs> i don't want to be known as a um conspiracy theorist on top of everything else that i'm labeled <laughs> with. Uh, so many labels but i know what you mean i think that there's a lot of allegory that went on in the bible about space that has not been promoted enough you know i think yeah space has played a very big role in how christianity islam and Judaism have developed as religions. So yeah, I'll promote that, definitely. So whenever they're talking about the firmament and things like that, that was how they perceived space to be uh, at that time. Um, and also, I can't remember what else you said, but it was just essentially what I'm trying to promote is and just looking up at the stars is essentially what I'm trying to promote. <laughs> so uh, I'm thinking about it in, in, a, in a philosophical way, relating that to your beliefs and relating that to your in, your identity is essentially it. Um, final question. Is the universe in you? Is space in you? Are, are the molecule, molecules that you are made up of part of space? Are, are you small or are you big? Are you part of this whole thing or are you just, you know, speck of shit hurling through space? What's your philosophies on that? I think that we're very small as individuals. Uh, I think we're, I think we're important. I think that humanity definitely has a role. 
I don't think that we're meaningless. I think that definitely we have a destiny. We have a role that we need to fulfill. That's obviously part of astronism. Astronism would exist if we don't have some type of, you know, role or destiny. Uh, but no, I think as individuals and as a single planet, we are very, very small. And that comes in the astronist worldview of cosmocentrism, where you know, looking at outer space, having that as the centre rather than having the self as the centre, as you can see on the screen there. There's these different worldviews, and this is how astronism differs from those other worldviews. Hold on. But I think what is analipocentric? Yeah. What is that? That basically just means that it really um, centering on transcension and this idea of the analipsis basically means to go into outer space uh, for salvation, essentially. So that's what that is based off that word. It just again, it just means that astronism is um, based on this idea of salvation in through the astronomical world, essentially. That's that's what that word means. All right. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on. I love that you have a view of the world and you're just trying to help spread it to the rest to try to help humanity. And I respect that, man. And I'm, yeah. uh, I'm going to be interested in watching you on your journey because I think there's going to be so much more coming through as you go on this long path called life. And I'm interested in seeing all the stuff you learn and if your philosophy's grow in the same direction or change in a different direction and all that stuff. And so for our listeners, can you please tell them where they could find you? Uh, so you can find me if, oh, they can't see the screen, can they? So uh, yeah, they can. can. Yeah, they you can. can find me at, all right. Okay. You can find me at .org, uh, Um, uh, I've got, the latest book out, which is my Institutional Dictionary of Astronism, which was from this year. I also do a podcast as well. I've also put my email on there as well, uh, help at jessemillett.com, uh, which you can ask me any questions, send me ideas, uh, send me whatever, I'm not bothered. Uh, send me criticism. Don't say wish. that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> those are just some ways that you can get in contact with me. All right. Uh, I think it's great. I'm so excited. Uh, I'd love to, your books look great. And again, that's help at jessemilitant.com. If you want to get a hold of him, you can check out his YouTube channel at youtube.com slash astronism. Uh, Cummington, thank you so much for coming on, dude. I appreciate you. I look forward to uh, seeing all the wonderful things you're going to do, brother. Thanks for having me. Cheers. All right, Thanks brother. Take care. Thank you so much. <laughs> Hope to see everybody in Bakersfield. Come get weird. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack, tin foil hack, tin foil hack.